Hello, everyone. Welcome to Whenever, Wherever Kids podcast, where we're here to make your weekdays a little better by reading you some amazing kids' stories. I had a busy week in Washington, D.C., and Mia is sick, so I wrote you a smaller episode, set relatively far in the past. I hope you enjoy it. Deep in the countryside of Ireland, there is a charming little town with rolling green hills covered in thick, lush greenery. In that town, with a minimal population, there was a humble pie maker. His back, bent over from age, his thin, graying hair brushing the tips of his cracked, pale ears as he made a warm, cheesy shepherd's pie. He had spent long hours bent over dough and a hot oven, and he was tired and in pain, yet he still took order after order out of the kindness of his warm and loving heart. The longer he made pies that day, the less and less he wanted to make them. He made crisp apple, creamy pumpkin, crunchy pecan, smooth chocolate, sweet cherry, and many more delicious shepherds. And then, one very particular and peculiar request. A young-looking woman, who was actually very old, older than the pie maker, came into his bakery. She had perfect posture, but still, she had a straight, storm-gray iron rod, as straight as her burned legs. Her face was locked into an everlasting sneer, and her brooding black eyes stared at the confused pie-maker, who was now coming to a realization. A black that matched her hair pulled up into a large and perfect bun sitting inside of an iron crown, a show of a title that she gave to herself, the Queen of Terror. Everyone knew her. Everyone feared her. She was the infamous Agme, the demolitionist. Around the night campfire as a small and scared boy, when Agme was only a young adult, just dipping her clean feet into the mud pool of evil, the pie maker had heard terrifying stories of entire buildings she had blown to smithereens. It started with government buildings as protests, but when she saw how much people feared her, she became drunk on that raw power. Plus, she also had the knack of being able to escape from most any prison, like Harry Houdini, but much more dangerous. The terrified pie maker managed to quickly stutter and speak out a question along the lines of, what can I do for you, as he retreated, cowering back into his blazing kitchen. You have no need to fear me, pawn. I am not here to hurt you. The baker slid back into a sturdy wall, picking up a worn rolling pin off the cashier counter for some kind of defense though she could easily snap it in half. Agme, get, get, get away! Please! The pie maker's breath slowed slightly as he looked at her. She didn't seem to have any bombs or other means of explosives to blow the bakery into millions of pieces, though he still wasn't sure about that staff. It looked dangerous. The pie maker took a long, deep breath and stared Agme down. An extremely bold move, considering who she was and the very thing she did. One pie. Only one pie. That is it. Took you long enough. My hair is turning gray just sitting around like this. The extremist pulled up a wooden chair, one that many people had enjoyed a warm slice of pie while sitting on. My great-granddaughter is having her 11th birthday soon, and she is not like the rest of society, like all of our family. 
We eat different things. We have different traditions. We raise our children differently. And our discipline techniques are different as well. Do you throw your children into blazing furnaces? The pie maker muttered to himself, obviously still hating the villain. He was fairly certain that she was safe at this moment in time. Excuse me? I mean, I mean, uh, what discipline techniques do you use? That is none of your business, pie maker. Now will you take my order or not? Yeah, yes, uh, yes, of course, um, what can I do for you? This is a very specific pie. It is not something you could simply whip up from what you have. You will have to get some very certain ingredients, and you will have to travel far away to retrieve them, so pack wisely. Well, what ingredients are these? Firstly, there's a very specific kind of flour you will need to use for the crusts. It is found right on the Celtic Sea. The wheat is purple and will steam when touched, like a pot of boiling water. Secondly, you will need to harvest one very specific herb. It grows in the grove about four miles away from this very bakery. It is called Angel's Kiss and will glow in the moonlight. It looks like an oversized white clover. You will need four cloves, and you will sprinkle that over the entire pie right before baking. Finally, you will need the insides. This one should be relatively easy. It must be raspberries. How do I know you won't harm me or my bakery while I am gathering the ingredients for your pie? You can, I promise. She was obviously blushing. That was the single thing that Agme wasn't good at, other than being a good person. When she said you can, her voice went up an octave, and she started fidgeting. The pie maker gave her a look that was dripping with disbelief. He hadn't, he still hadn't put down the rolling pin. Here. She pointed the tip of her staff at him. He flinched, and she chuckled. No, take it. If I rearrange your bakery, you don't have to give it back. If I don't, I want it back. Because I rather enjoyed that staff in particular. He took the iron beam. It was about four feet tall and had an engraving in a spiral pattern from top to bottom. One end was rounded and the other was highly spiked. He was glad he had it now. It was the one thing that he wasn't sure of its danger level. And now he had supreme leverage. The Pymaker took a stroll along the path that led to his home. It was dark, bone chilling and led through a twisting forest with frightening noises like piercing wolf howls, owl hoots, creaks like steps on floorboards, snaps from twigs breaking. But eventually, he reached the warm safety of his home. Overall, the house was very old. It had been passed down through three generations, and the outside wood was clearly rotting, but had been doused with multiple layers of different colors of paint, the top one being a decided brown. The trim over the windows would have been a nice white if it hadn't been covered in a fine layer of dirt and moss. The roof was once proud and pointed, covered in brown shingles, but now quite a few shingles had come off, and the roof was sagging more than a little. He pushed open the door, ignited his brass lantern, and saw his sad, chipping white walls, and breathed in the smell of his house, nutmeg with a twang of cinnamon, he then proceeded to pass his standard dining room with a wooden circular dining table and five battered and cushioned chairs around it. 
The pie maker then strode past the living room, with a dark tan sofa sitting on the burgundy floorboards, with a scratched coffee table sitting about four feet away from it. The room also had several large and looming bookshelves, with several baking books being sheltered inside their sturdy ranks. The pie maker, nearly at his bedroom now, passed the kitchen, his one pride and joy when it came to his house. It had two large sinks, each with a separate bronze pump faucet, with ornate carvings pressed into it. It then had an ice box, which he tried his very best to keep full of pristine ice at all times. His oven was sturdy cast iron with four stubby legs, and a rack of reddish firewood crouching next to it. He quickly had he quickly had reached his bedroom and opened the door. His walls were not the typical plain white, like the entirety of the house. His was the exact same burgundy as the floor, like a single color swab wiping up from the ground to the walls, but not over the door of the closet, which was white, and it led into a very small room that fit just a few outfits. He changed into his pajamas, brushed his teeth, and fell asleep in his hard, scratchy, royal blue bed. The second thing he liked about his house was the mornings. There was a part in the trees the perfect amount of sunlight tumbled through to hit the window and wake him up. He stepped out of the door and took in a deep breath of the sweet, crisp morning air and began down on the path. Now, I'm sure you got the impression that the pie maker lived in a stingy, dark, and terrifying jungle that held all types of menacing creatures, but this wasn't the case at all. In fact, he lived in a very nice patch of the cheerful wood. If you saw this forest, you would agree with all your being. The wood had a smooth stone path all the way into town, with wonderful birds singing their cheerful songs, calling to each other, There he goes! I can't wait to smell the wonderful pies! The rabbits hopped around his feet, dropping full flowers and other colorful nature that gave him smashing ideas for scrumptious pies, and the sun refracted through the leaves of the trees, coloring the floor, making it like a kaleidoscope, waking up the pie maker like fresh coffee every single morning. He stepped out of the wood and went through town, past his pie shop, just to make sure that its whitewashed walls were still standing. Seeing that they were, he traveled on, veering off the roads and into the tall, waving grass, pushing to the truly terrifying forest. And that was The Pie Maker's Strangest Pie Part 1. I really hoped you enjoyed it. If you would, please consider checking us out on Patreon. If you do become a patron, you can get ad-free early episodes, bonus content, a shout-out, and a chance to be on the show. That is patreon.com slash whenever-wherever-kids-podcast. You can also see our website at whenever-wherever-kids-podcast.wordpress.com. You can contact us, see our episode art that's no longer on the Facebook page, and you can find information on where you can listen. If you'd like to send us an email with your story idea, favorite episode, questions, joke, or if you just want to tell us something cool or a random fact, we'd love to hear it. Email us at wwkp20 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and Lord willing, we'll see you next week with a brand new story.